You are listening to WHOA Podcast, coming to you from Gainesville, Florida. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WHOA GNV Podcast, the coronavirus sessions where our temporary mission is to save as many businesses and jobs as possible by sharing how your fellow business owners and professionals are navigating the impact of COVID-19. I am your host, Colin Austin, and my co-host is Michael Dees. What's going on, man? Good morning. Hey, so did I surprise you with that uh, Kiss 105.3 ad? Yeah, I was just, I was driving in this morning and I just hear like, oh, TikTok promotion. That sounds pretty cool. Sponsored by New Scooters for Less. I was like, wow, I don't even know what's going on in my own company. (laughs) Did you you know that we had one for the podcast too? No, I haven't heard that yet until you just told me. Did you listen to it? I sent it to you. No, not yet. Well, listen to it. It's pretty cool. Uh, Back to the old days. What's that? I said back to the old days of the Kiss 105 spots. I love it. Yeah. So, uh, guys, we're going to jump into the show. But before we do, of course, we got to thank our incredible sponsors, um, Jorge and the team at The Best Restoration. You guys, business is opening back up. Thank you, Lord. And The Best Restoration is cranking to help businesses get back up and operating. Deeply cleaned and highly sanitized businesses are the new norm. That's like the key for you know, the, the words of 2020, the new norm. Uh, you know your customers are going to want to walk into a business that they know is safe. Make sure you call the best, the best restoration, and let them help you keep your business top notch. There isn't anything that these guys can't handle. Be sure to give them a shout out at 352-505-3321. That's 352-505-3321 or visit them at thebestrestoration.com. They got all sorts of stuff to keep your business super sanitized, man. That's so cool. So super glad to have those guys as a sponsor. Yeah, thank you so much to The Best Restoration and also to Gainesville Harley. Guys, it's getting hotter out there. You're still a little stir crazy from quarantine. Maybe you've been locked up with family too long and you need to get away. Well, if you didn't know this, Gainesville Harley-Davidson does rentals. If you have a motorcycle license and want to experience and feel the iconic rumble of a Harley-Davidson yourself, Gainesville Harley has a rental fleet that is ready for you. Uh, you can take two or three wheels for a spin anywhere for a day or up to a week. You can check them out at 4125 Northwest 97th Boulevard or give them a call at 352-331-6363. And Kevin M. and the team at Gainesville Harley will hook you up, baby. You know everybody's stir crazy, man. There's a, You can do plenty of social distancing on a Harley, you know what I mean? <laughs> you can do a lot. And it'd be yeah. it's like the best like fun, liberating kind of social distancing. Yeah, man. Gosh just makes me want like i'm all like locked in this small room (laughs) get out i go get a harley man get out and ride that's right um you guys let's get into today's show today on the show we have andrew lane of lane performance andrew welcome to our show man hey guys thanks for having me yeah we're excited to have you uh why don't you uh just let's just dive right in and you know first before we kind of talk about how the coronavirus has impacted you let's uh let's kind of hear about what it is that you do like what is your business where you guys located and uh just kind of educate our audience a little bit yeah sure so i'm the owner of lane performance we're at 140 northwest 6th street so right by downtown in between campus and downtown right off university avenue just moved this new location and pretty much quadrupled my size back in january uh, which was perfect timing (laughs) because we got shut down a few months later Uh, (laughs) But I did my PhD here at UF, 
uh, through the applied physiology kinesiology department, but I did a lot of my research to the aging department. And I also have a, a background in sport performance. So I was throughout my PhD coaching weightlifters, which is a, a specific barbell sport that we participate in. And when I graduated, I thought about doing a postdoc and I'd been wanting to open a gym for a long time. I already had that support group here with my weightlifting club and I wanted to keep working with them. So I decided to go for it. Cool, man. How long have you had the business? Uh, my own location. I've had that for about a year and a half. Okay. But I've been coaching and personal training, doing things like that for a good part of the last 15 years. Yeah. So it's not like you're close to us now then because you're over on sixth, you said. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, Couple man. Blocks over. Yeah. Not far from us at all. Yep. Um, right on. So, yeah, I mean, one of the huge focuses over the last three months has been the, uh, the impact of COVID-19. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that it's been a few months already. I know. Uh, and I can't imagine like getting into a new location and then having everything just kind of stop and being, and really like you guys as gyms were told like, no people inside whatsoever. Right. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, why don't you talk to us a little bit about that initial impact, some of the things that were going through your head, you know, at the beginning of March when all this stuff was starting to go down. Yeah. And it was a frustrating, pretty frustrating situation. And I kind of realized probably a week or two before the actual shutdown that something was up and this was going to be different. And so I started changing some policies pretty quickly. I, I cater to a lot of students, but also my other demographic is older people. And so they wanted to feel comfortable coming to the gym. So I had to adjust hours, make sure that we didn't have, you know, a lot of gyms would call open gym where people are coming in and out as they please. And I wanted to have my older adults, when they had a personal training session going on, they could have the space themselves. And uh, we instituted some new cleaning policies and things like that. Uh, but then with the shutdown, uh, it was tough because I had, uh, of course, increased my costs a lot moving to a new location and put a lot of money into equipment and things and had really started to pick up momentum and this wiped it out uh, pretty much. So we had to readjust. I kind of have also felt that the fitness industry is moving more toward online and people are putting out apps and videos and you know, personal training is a little bit more difficult because now you can just go online and, and find good workouts and things to do. Uh, so I knew that was coming and I've been thinking about that, but I thought I had five or 10 years before we got there. Mm -hmm. And this has accelerated that. So I've learned how to use Zoom and do classes online and uh, personal training sessions online and just kind of figured it out as I went through that. And otherwise, I tried to keep myself busy. I've started my own podcast. I've started doing some YouTube videos. I knew I needed to do some of that. This is giving me time to focus on it. Uh, but it's it's been tough. It's been difficult. Yeah, you know, that's kind of been a common theme, right, Mike? Like, I mean, I even remember Darren Cook talking about, you know, this this stuff was already going to happen. And I think we've had other people, like, everyone's like, this stuff was already going to happen. It's just like, it just everything's just been accelerated the great you know, like when you're talking about like five or yeah i had th thought i had some time five or ten years <laughs> you know it's like this thing has just accelerated everything that was going to happen for businesses eventually right mm -hmm. so that's been super interesting and I'm yeah, have you had so to, have you had to I was going to say, have you had to alter the programs that you've done online? Because like I know a lot of times, especially like with, with weightlifting, like you said, it's harder because you've got to have specific, 
you know, heavy equipment, barbell stuff like that. It's kind of hard to do an at home unless you're stocked up. But like for, for just a personal training, have you had to alter the programming that you would normally offer? We've certainly had to do some of that. Uh, the Zoom sessions with personal training is a little bit easier because some of my people had equipment at home, minimal equipment, but we can work with that. And most of the people, particularly the older people I'm working with, they can get away with doing some body weight exercises for a while. It's not ideal, but it's okay. Uh, the people who are most impacted were definitely my athletes, my weightlifters, uh, because we're using very specific equipment. Even if you have a home gym set up, you have to have the right barbell, the right plates. You have to have rubber matting to drop it safely. And so there's a lot of considerations there. So we had to really focus on just working on skills, some jumping and other things that they don't do a whole lot of, but are related to the sport. And so we worked around it as best we could, but man, they're, they're hurting right now coming back into it after a couple months off. Everyone's <laughs> kind of limping around sore. So so you're getting you're watching people hammer curl with like their groceries and stuff like that just anything they can find we had vacuum cleaners uh one of the scariest ones i saw is we were doing some jumps and i said okay you need a an ice box or you know something that you can jump off safely and someone pulled a step ladder into their frame and i went uh let's let's try something a little different but yeah we we found ways to to do it Uh, we had logs tree stumps just anything lying around Kids, children. Yeah. Kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, you do what you can. That's funny. So, I mean, when you were, uh, you know, getting this new location established, you said you had moved it from a smaller location. Yes. And so, I mean, you had already like paying recurring revenue, like clients. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So like when, when this thing went happened, I mean, how many of them were kind of like, ah, like, I can't come into the, you know, I can't come into the gym. And so like, I want to cancel my, my membership or subscription, you know, or pause it. I mean, was that happening? And you know, how much of a like financial hit, like, I mean, did you take a financial hit because of that? I mean, my assumption is yes, but I'm just kind of curious there. Yeah, for sure. And it was, I had a a pretty good group of people coming. And the nice thing is I've had a lot of loyalty from people who work with me. I've had people that I've been working with for several years now, and they've stuck with me. And it's been kind of the same thing throughout this, but I did have new people coming in after I expanded. And so it's a little bit tougher when you don't have that loyalty, they kind of dip out and and that's it we did a couple of things with the zoom sessions and and i tried other different ways giving people home workouts that they could do on their own and just tried to stay in touch and retain but yeah i did lose uh, a lot of my personal training business and it's been as people start to feel a little bit more comfortable it's trickling back and people are saying okay i'm ready to to get back into it i need to get back into something so i think it's going to come back and grow from here uh, but it's definitely been uh, a rough couple of months, even reopening. My uh, my landlord was very helpful during the time. They deferred my rent for the couple of months that we were completely closed. And that helped a lot, uh, just personally. But it is, uh, it's, it's tough when you have momentum building with the business. I'm sure you guys know uh, how tough that can be just to get that, that ball rolling and then to have it sort of squashed by something oh, yeah. that's completely out of your control. Yeah. You know, it's kind of cool though, because like, and not that in particular, but like what is, what is cool is that I've seen, again, that common theme of community, like the, the loyalty, a lot of people like, you know, saying, nah, man, like we, like we're going to stick with you. We got it. We'll get through this. We'll, 
we'll pivot for these couple months or however, however long it takes. And then when things get back to normal, things will be okay. And I've seen, I've seen that a lot. Um, so it's, it's really cool to just see community really come together like that. And I think, and I think you're right now, now, I mean, are you guys at, what is it? Is it 50% capacity right now? You're allowed to get people back in there or what's that been like? I think it's, I think it's 75. I haven't had to pay too much attention to that because I've actually limited as part of this, I've limited my group classes and how many people can come in anyways. Yeah. We actually have six platforms that uh, kind of space people out and I'm keeping people on those. So th we're t keeping it to around six or eight people, which is well below my capacity. Yeah. Very cool. For those listening, we're recording this on June 18th and I know that those percentages and stuff seem to like change all the time. So, yeah. um, I'm curious, do you, were you able to track like your, your clients that, that would come into the studio? Um, was there a high level of engagement that shifted to the online classes or did you have a lot of people that just kind of like fell off? Like I know for me, like I was in a great routine and then as soon as uh, Corona hit, like I think in the three months it was shut down, I might've worked out and run three or four times. I was not, I did not take to the online class well. Um, so was, was that common or did you have a lot of people that stuck with it? You know, it was interesting. What I saw initially was everyone kind of dropped out and I lost contact with some people and you know, I'm trying to text and say, hi, how are you doing? Are you I sent out group workouts or home workouts pretty much as soon as I could. And uh, it was after a couple of weeks that people actually started coming to the Zoom sessions and, and that I think people realized that, hey, this isn't just going to be a week or two. This is going to be a significant amount of time. And they started actually participating. All right. So for those that didn't work out very much over the three months, what's the expert opinion on how long it takes to get back to where they were, you know, whether it's like, you know, how heavy they were lifting or, you know, distance of endurance, all that kind of stuff. This is something Mike is very genuinely concerned about because just so you know, I, I just know I'm not hitting the numbers I used to. I need to know how long I, I, I don't want to be stupid about it. But. This has come up more than once and uh, he is genuinely concerned about getting back into the routine, right? Yeah, yes, I mean, it's, it's a concern. It's, if you're an avid lifter, it definitely, you, you notice when you haven't been to the gym for a couple of weeks, it goes pretty fast. You know, one to two weeks, you can notice some big changes. Uh, the good news is, depending, and it depends on how long you're trained before and at what level, but you will get it back faster than you got initially. So that's the good news. <laughs> I am breathing a sigh of relief. <laughs> <laughs> so your I've, I've hard work is not like, going away. <laughs> yeah, I've heard things of like, you know, if you're laid off for, three months and it's going to take like three months to get back to where you were. And I, I don't know if that's true or if you, you agree with that. Um, I just know that like, I, I feel like I'm too old to be reckless. Like I don't want to, you know, act like I can be where I was, but it gets a little, you know, I don't want to say demotivating to not be there. And, and I think that that's real for a lot of people is, you know, like they, they did have a layoff and they want to, they're getting back in the gym and want to be back where they were, but doing it smartly and knowing what's realistic. And that's a good point. And you have to kind of accept that you're not quite where you are. You are deconditioned. And so a lot of people will come in and try to, okay, I was squatting 225. I've got to throw that back on the bar. And it's smart to just accept that you're not quite there yet and get back in shape a little bit. And yeah, your joints will thank you for sure. <laughs> And then you have me who was like sick for two months and couldn't, couldn't do anything. And then I get healthy and then I get injured playing capture oh, the flag with the kids thinking that I've, I'm still 21 years old and can run around like a master, but can't <laughs> bust my knee. Ah, I'm, I'm the, I'm the other person. 
<laughs> the other guy. <laughs> yeah, getting old is a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> so. Oh man, especially in a college town. <laughs> oh yeah, I work with these twenty-year-olds, and they just kind of jump in there and start working out. I'm now what, twenty minutes in, and I'm still warming up, and everything hurts. And <laughs> no, this is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> okay. So, how so, about on the personal side and family side? Have you had any like noticed any impacts there, or were there like adjustments that were hard, you know, to to kind of adapt to? Yeah, for me, I am. I live by myself, and my family is uh, closest is about ten hour drive away. And so for me, it's, I've actually been really grateful to have the gym because I was in here every day doing work. And so I got to get out of the house and it was, I can't say normal, but because I was still having sessions and doing things, it was, uh, it was a little bit more normal for me than probably for some people. Uh, also doing the PhD is uh, kind of an isolating experience. <laughs> I'm used to kind of sitting around by myself and just making myself work. Uh, so I think in some ways I was a little bit less impacted on that side than others. Uh, but I have seen with a lot of my clients and my weightlifters, uh, particularly some of my older clients who have been really careful about going out and they, uh, I think dealt with it better on initially and seemed fine. And again, a little bit less of a routine change for them too, for the most part. Uh, but then as it wore on, it, it's become more difficult. And so that was something I had to pick up is uh, kind of just being almost a counselor in some ways. It's like, okay, we're going to exercise, but we're also going to talk about <laughs> everything that's going on and how you feel and, and make sure everything's okay there. So. And in regards to like some of the changes in that, you know, you said you were creating some content, um, you know, you'd started a podcast, you had done a lot of these things. And, and I know from experience that, uh, you know, like you have, you have the time right now, right. And, and you're able to focus on those things, but you know, then once, once business opens back up, it's kind of hard to like maintain those things. Um, I mean, so like how, like, how are you going to do that? Are you going to, do you think you're going to be disciplined in being able to keep making that content as things, as things normalize, which is my other word of 2020 <laughs> normalize. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a, a new one. That I'm hearing a lot. Uh, I, it's tough. I am trying to keep a pretty regimented schedule in terms of that. We have set times for recording the podcast. I have set days where I'm going to script videos or record videos and uh, the hardest part for me a lot of times is actually going and editing the stuff later. I have a, a little bit of a backlog <laughs> on some of the videos I've recorded and I'm still learning the audio editing, the video editing, and that can take some time and doing that all myself on top of running the gym myself and cleaning the gym. And, you know, I'm completely alone in this aside from people who are willing to help out occasionally. And so it, it is a lot to handle. Um, but so far, I'm, I'm making it work. Cool. Is, Talk to us about uh, some of that content, like the podcast content and the YouTube stuff. Is it is it all uh, you know personal training, weightlifted, like geared, or are you doing stuff outside of that? So far, I am doing mostly just focus on uh, my business, and so I'm working on YouTube videos that have some instructional how-to things focused on a little bit of aging and some exercise you can do there and a lot of weightlifting. There's a lot of technique involved and a lot of the videos that I see out there are not great. And so I'm trying to delve a little bit deeper into those uh, technique issues. 
with the podcast. I have two really good friends that are, we're doing it and we've been wanting to do it for a long time, but we have different views on, on the fitness world. Uh, one of them's a physical therapist. So he's working more on the rehab side of things. My other friend is a, does post rehab. So once you're finished with uh, the physical therapy, you kind of move on to him and he gets you back closer to where you can actually start working on performing at your best again after an injury. And so that's kind of a, a, been a unique take to, to sit down and actually discuss these things from those different perspectives. But we're still kind of feeling that out and exactly what we want to talk about. But we do hit on just different things in the fitness world. When you say different perspectives, is there like opposing beliefs? Do you get like, you know, heated up talking about it? Or is it just like, you know, different areas of expertise? We have a couple of times gotten into it on a, on a couple of things, but we're usually able to kind of hash it out. Um, we all look at it. Of course, we're, we've all had a lot of education in this field and we like to stay on top of the scientific literature. And so usually once when we have a, a disagreement, we can kind of work it out or it's just a different kind of view. Uh, we were talking about something on one episode where they were talking about moving the weight very slowly. So you want to do three seconds down, three seconds up. If, if you had a personal trainer, they probably had you do something like that. And I'm against that for a lot of reasons. And I think I can back up my reasons pretty well. And they think it's okay. But a lot of it comes down to where they are, where they're trying to get people through injuries. And sometimes there's a, a point where you need to move slowly and just kind of work on how you're moving and making sure everything's in line versus on my side where I'm trying to make you perform at your best and we need to move that way fast and, and that's going to help with your strength and your power. So my questions are a little bit different than that. <laughs> <laughs> you you can tell from the podcasting, like we, we have Colin and I have different perspectives and interests and stuff uh, that we record yeah, too. Like, <laughs> I, I, I like me. I usually love the, the business, the business side the of side it, side of stuff. You, Mike can get very like into the statistical and into the techniques and crafts and like, and I love that. I mean, that's why I think a lot of people love our show. Um, for me, like, I, you know, it sounds it sounds like everything's gonna be smooth. You're gonna be able to make it through this thing. I mean, is it like where 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 do you guys stand? Kind of like right now. I am definitely keeping an eye on the numbers and I am a little concerned about another shutdown. Uh, it, I don't know what that would look like. Um, we're also, because of how my business is, uh, we're trying to kind of keep it on people's minds that we do run a little bit differently. So when you classify all businesses as a gym, which we do through SunBiz, uh, and then they just kind of blanket shut that down. That's uh, tough because we're not the same as one of these big box gyms where people just come in and out. And so, you know, I'm trying to kind of keep an eye on that, um, but, in, but I think it's going to be uh, okay. It's, it's trickling back. It's going to be a difficult year, it looks like, compared to what I thought back in February. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I think we'll get through this time and just continue to grow. Yeah, we've we brought that up a couple of times. It's like everybody had these like massive goals for 2020 and then you get two months in, you're like, yeah, we got one goal this year, everybody. We just need to survive. <laughs> yeah, keep the <laughs> right. doors open. That's my goal right now. <laughs> doors open, make it through. I feel yeah. that, man. Um, so, I mean, what what's one thing that, that you're missing personally? You know, is there like a restaurant in town or going out and doing something? Is it something like that you haven't been able to like really do the last three months because of this whole thing? And what would that thing be? Uh, I think it's mostly just getting out of town. I like to, I, I don't, I'm not much of a traveler, but I had make it a, made it a point before all this started just to get out of town for a day or two uh, every little bit, just start to see a little bit more of what's going on in Florida and 
just some of the close by places because I haven't, I've been here seven or eight years and I feel like I've barely seen much outside of Gainesville. And so I was kind of working on that and I just don't feel really comfortable traveling right now. And so it'd be nice to, to get back to that and kind of be outside and enjoy yeah. a little bit different scenery. <laughs> I feel that. And, um, I mean, dude, like, what is your gut? I mean, Mike, this question's for you too. Like, what does your gut instinct tell you about, you know, another shutdown? My you want to first, Andrew? First. Okay, I'll, I'll go. <laughs> it's, it's interesting because, you know, there's a lot of talk of that. You know, like I said, we're, we're recording on June 18th and, and cases are back on the rise. And some people will say it's because they're testing more, all that kind of stuff. Um, but what what we're missing now is the the federal me- megaphone. I think right now it's a little wild west. The states and local governments are are kind of handling it themselves. And so I think there's going to be a lot of, you know, different methods uh, pe- people that may opt to shut down again and people that are just going to try to you know outlast it because they didn't agree with the shutdown in the first place and and I think that's what's going to be really interesting to see is you know if if the city of Gainesville comes out and does it one way uh, but Florida you know the governor says no we're not we don't shutting everything down you know it's like how, how do you navigate those situations um personally you know do i feel like it's gonna happen do i feel like we're gonna get shut down like it was before i don't something in my gut tells me it's not gonna happen but it's it's just you know it's a gut feeling i I don't know i I wouldn't be shocked if it did but something in my gut's telling me it won't yeah we we were talking about this a couple days ago in the gym and someone brought up a good point here they said well trump and the convention will be in august and DeSantis wouldn't dare shut us down again before that. So, so maybe right. that buys us a little bit of protection there. Uh, but I, I'm kind of in that boat where I, I feel like they might have to do something again, but I'm not sure it'll look the same as the first time. I, I think people will be pretty intolerant of that. And uh, so really, I'm just trying, trying to hold on and see what happens. Yeah. What do you think, Colin? man i i don't know <laughs> um you know it's funny because like when you kind of bring up the political nature of it right it's kind of like a lot of it just might have to do with that it might it, it might ultimately you know you, you would have to think that this thing this virus is going to get worse you know in the colder months right like november well you know, and I probably won't even take that long but you're talking you're already talking about the cases rising but you're talking about november december well, like it could be completely dependent on who's in office, you know, among, you know, when the election starts coming, which is, which is interesting. So, um, yeah, I don't know. My gut instinct is that things will stay open. Um, as a business owner, I hope they stay open. Um, however, I think, I think we need, obviously this has been a concern and we need to continuously, um, you know, be concerned about our customers, our teams and make the calls that are necessary to, to keep to keep them safe. And I'm, and I'm fine with that kind of happening on a case by case basis. You know, I think one of the things when this stuff really started going down, one of the things that I said was that we have, we need to have a lot more empathy for each other. 
Um, I don't know the situation that Andrew is in with his business. He doesn't necessarily know all the details in the situation I'm in with my business. And I think it's difficult to judge. Like I couldn't judge Andrew for staying open. If, if I felt like I can't believe he's staying open, he needs to close. Like he's putting people at risk. Like, no, like you don't know anything about his situation. Sometimes like we need to keep the doors open. I can tell you right now, we need to keep the doors open on a lot of, a lot of businesses. Um, so, you know, if Andrew made the call to stay open and, and we're not, I'm telling you right now, we'd make the call to stay open. <laughs> if we had the option, new scooters for us to stay open. So I'm just letting everybody know that right now. Um, but we would, we would mask up, right. Which is what, what we're already doing. Like my team is, you guys are wearing masks in front of customers. We've already said that this is required. You bring around scooters, wearing gloves when bringing around the scooters. Um, and, you know, constantly sanitizing handles and computer keyboards and keeping things as clean as possible. And so I think it really needs to be a business to business call. And I don't think we need to judge based on what those businesses decide to do. Um, that's my long-winded opinion. <laughs> so I don't know. And again, it's opinion. It's, it's, it's me, you know, I'm completely respectful and I, I empathize with the, the business owners out there. And I, and it's great to hear terrific business owners like Andrew's talking about like, you know, we have, I have older clients, right? Like I have older clients and I gotta, you know, that was one of the first things that you said. And so you got to have, that as at top of mind, right? Whereas like for us, Mike, like, like let's be real. 95% of our customers are college students. Like they're not right. nearly as at risk. So there's a whole bunch of factors uh, and considerations that I think need to be made on a individual business level. And, you know, I think- I'll add, add to that just a little bit. Uh, just personally, I have uh, some underlying health issues. So I'm a high risk person for coronavirus. And so that's a, another motivating factor for me to, to keep things clean here, to, to keep people apart. And, you know, we sanitize everything after every group of people that comes in. If a personal training client comes in, I'm sanitizing everything before and after they get here. So that it's not only to protect them, but I've got to protect myself too. Yeah, no, of course. Well, uh, <laughs> does that answer your question, Michael? <laughs> yeah, no, I think I, it's, it's the hardest part about it, I think, is getting everybody on the same page. I think there's still a lot of misinformation out there. And, and Colin, you're right. It, it, I, think, I, think, I think you're spot on and, and we should you know, trust that the businesses are, are making the best decisions for them and for their clients. Uh, but getting everybody on the same page is what the right tools and tactics are. You know, some people don't believe a mask is important for X, Y, or Z and everybody else, you know, swears it is. And if you have people that, you know, are acting based on their own opinions instead of acting based off of, you know, the direction of people that are experts, uh, I think that's where we get into a lot of problems and, and could avoid, you know, some of these bigger issues. But, but like you said, I mean, we, we're masking up every time we engage with customers, we're taking the precautions that we feel like we, we need to, to keep our employees safe, uh, to keep our customers safe and to keep our business stores open. Um, and, and I hope, you know, for, for Andrew, for anybody else that's listening to this, you know, do, do what you can to take care of those three areas and we should be okay. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's so fun. Cause even getting into the masks and stuff, man, like you think about the, uh, you know, I got to imagine, Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, it's got to be impossible to work out with a mask on, right? 
like yeah it's difficult and, they, and thankfully they haven't required gyms to to wear masks uh, because that could get i, I don't want to say dangerous but it would be very difficult and you know you're sweating and the mask is going to be in not great shape after that so yeah yeah and it's not like you said that you had kind of like stations and stuff and we're keeping everybody separated and that's i mean I, that's probably the the best case for your environment for sure so i you know again that's why that's why i think this this was a great uh this was a great podcast to have especially with you know um a business like andrews is because like you can almost see the different variables right you can see all the variables that have to come into place because again like it, it would be like i'm not i'm not gonna if, if andrew decided for his business that you know masks weren't you know they couldn't do it they couldn't wear a mask like i'm not like i'm gonna have empathy understanding the situation that he's in and the the type of business that it is right and then for our and then i'm looking at our business and the fact that we you know you think about our showroom mike it's like small it's tight you know like (laughs) we don't have huge ceilings in there and like you know what i mean so it's like all right like in this kind of environment i want to make sure that we're able to maintain that six feet and have masks. And so like that, that just goes further to proving my point of, I think it needs to be made on a business to business. Uh, you know, the, the businesses themselves need to make the decisions and make the calls that are right for their team and, uh, and their customers. So I will say it's, it's interesting. And I feel like Andrew's probably on the same page. I mean, you, you're tasked with, with keeping your clients actually physically safe. And, and we are as well. Um, when we, when we have customers in the showroom, it's like, you know, whether we're talking about helmet safety or, you know, riding two wheel transportation out the road, their safety is very much a priority. Um, so because that's a natural lens for us to look through, it's easier, I think, to keep our customers, you know, health and safety at the top of, you know, what, what we do. Um, you know, if, if you feel comfortable coming into the business and having face-to-face interactions, trying to stay six feet apart, but having masks on, then great. We had customers yesterday that did not want to conduct any business inside the showroom. So we met them outside in open air and, and fine, you know, um, but being empathetic to the individual customer's demands and, and keeping their safety, um, you know, at the forefront of what we do, I think is, is natural to us because of the line of work that we do. Yeah, and it's something where if I had someone come in and, and was sick and other people from the gym got sick, it, that would not only, I would feel terrible for the people who got sick, but also it puts my business at risk. And it would get it, word gets around that it's spreading and it's so difficult to find good information on how this spreads and, and what, what works and what doesn't. So I think people right now, it's kind of, you hear it spreading. You just want to avoid that altogether. So, I mean, there's, there's some of that interest, just, I don't want, you know, I I need to keep my business open. So I'm going to do whatever I can. And and that's where I'm really erring on the side of caution. Yeah, for sure. Empathy y'all empathy. That's my other word of 2020. (laughs) We didn't even say pivot once. (laughs) We didn't even say pivot once. (laughs) It's the first episode. Uh, well, Andrew, uh, man, a lot of good stuff. Yeah. yeah, this is, I mean, it's super interesting conversation and I know that like everybody has opinions on stuff and it's just great to kind of get that firsthand, you know, glimpse through, through the business owners that we've been talking to. Uh, and so, I mean, it's, it's just been helpful for me like, I, I love, I love the different perspectives. Uh, I'm empathetic to 
all the businesses out there and what they're going through. And, uh, you know, the one thing that I, that I do know and that we want to cultivate with this podcast is like really supporting everyone and really helping get as many businesses through this and limiting the number of job loss or business loss there is, you know? So, um, man, Andrew, it's been a pleasure to get to know you, man. Uh, thanks for coming on our show. Yeah, I appreciate you all having me. I appreciate what you all are doing. So I love the podcast and anytime you. you all want to talk about anything else, let me know. Yeah. Why don't you tell our audience where they can find you, where they can learn more about what you guys do? Sure. Uh, I guess I'm 140 Northwest 6th Street. My web address is lane, L-A-Y-N-E dash performance.com. And so you can find all the information on me there. Awesome. And, um, I know that we went a little over on this one, so I'm not going to like do my normal, like ending, like <laughs> stuff in terms of like, go, go support, uh, you know, go. I, I said I wouldn't do it and then now I'm doing it. So right, now you're going to do it. You're anyway, just, if you want to know more about our podcast, open. go to whoagnv.com. If you want to uh, nominate somebody, uh, check out swag, whatever, go there. <laughs> and uh, this is the WHOA GNV podcast, the podcast bringing you businesses and individuals that make you go, whoa. Give us your best whoa, Andrew. Whoa. <laughs> I'm super enthusiastic. Yeah, I love it. Man. <laughs> we'll see you guys later. Bye. Bye.